Okay, shalom u'bracham. And uh, we have a new beginning now after Zot Hanukkah. It's now technically the beginning of the year. The famous teaching by the Hasidic masters that Zot Hanukkah is the finalization of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the Kvitl and everything. So technically, we begin to see the year now, which is funny because the first three months of the year, which was Tishra, Eshvan, and Kislev, are months of Rachamim, like we said many times. And now Tevet and Shvat is the months of Dinim. And yet, we begin to see the result of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur now, the beginning of Tevet. After Chanukah, the beginning of Tevet. So this is, it's, an, it's an observation. Chidushim, we can get Chidushim till tomorrow, but that's not the goal. First thing, just a little bit of Chizuk, though. Um, in the book, Chaim Oran, Sadiq, Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, brings an analogy, a mashal, of a king who had a son who was very sick, very ill, and all these doctors, they came to try to help the son, and they couldn't. And the, the king went to find all these specialists that came, all types of places, and they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't heal the son. One old wise man from very far, he said, I can heal your son, mm -hmm. but I have to check him out. So this old man, this old wise man came, and he told the king, your son is very oh, deathly God. ill, and I don't know if I can, I should tell you what can be done because I don't know if you can do it. He said, what? Tell me, I will to do anything to save my son. So the, the, the wise man told the king, in very, a very far land, there's a very, very, very expensive herb. And you have to buy tons of it and make it in a, in a condensed liquid form. And then you have to take the buckets of this liquid that cost tons of money because it's so expensive just a little bit get buckets of it and splash it on your son the the prince the son of the king and maybe maybe one drop will penetrate his mouth because his mouth was sealed shut maybe one drop will go in one drop is enough to heal him if one drop goes in he can be healed but in order to get that one drop you have to take buckets to throw on him for the one drop to penetrate okay Rabbeinu brings us down in Chaim Oran Tzadik, and he says, so too, then the, the Nimshal analogy is, he reveals, Rabbi Nachman, such phenomenal teachings, such unbelievable teachings, and you would think with just one of the teachings, you would have changed now. You would become a Tzadik that, that you would have already made that change and difference. It's such an amazing lesson, where you literally lose your free will with these teachings, and yet the Yetzara continues and yet tomorrow's another day, and you like, yet life goes on, and you're still stuck, and you haven't changed, and you're still in your ta'avot, and the middot route. What happened? I thought these teachings would change me, even one of them. He says, Rabbeinu, the idea is, <laughs> we're so sick. It's not that the, the lessons are not powerful. They're full potency. The problem is how sick we are. That's the thing now. With the tzaddikim, they reveal big teachings that yes, Ideally, according to the greatness of the teachings, I should have changed my life. I should become a tzaddik after hearing and inter in internalizing these teachings. I should have changed by now. But the thing is, how where I am, where I am, how sick I am spiritually, and what choshech I am. The, the idea is that you should realize that if any drop of good gets thrown into this world, it's already a miracle. 
that you got up in the morning and said, that you put on your tefillin, that's already a miracle according to the darkness of the world, according to the darkness that you've gone through, according to the darkness of what you've done, you're really in big darkness. Already it's a big chesed that you got to do a mitzvah, even a tiny mitzvah, already it's a big, that's how the perspective should be. That's what Rabbi Nachman's training us to envision. That it's not that, ah, I gave Torah a shot, it didn't help. <laughs> I'm sorry. The problem is where you are. So what to do? He says, you have to, so he says, Rabbi Nachman, I revealed so many teachings, and each teaching is a gem, a treasure in itself. I should have changed by now. Yes, lustfully, I should have had that change in my life already. It hasn't happened. Why? Because I'm very sick. It's not because the teachings are not working. I'm the problem here. So what to do? Go elsewhere? You won't find anything elsewhere. Go go ahead. Try to find elsewhere, but you, you'll come up with a dead end. So what's the idea? Is continue with these teachings. Keep on throwing buckets. And even though it seems to go to waste, look, I did this lesson. I didn't change yet. I thought I would have a miracle in life. I thought I had a breakthrough. It didn't come. And now I'm far and I'm this and that. So what to do? You keep on going. Keep on pouring. Because one drop is needed. You don't know when that drop will come from which lesson it'll come, from which perspective, you have no idea. But you have to keep on throwing the buckets. He has a lot. Rabbi Nachman's cards don't run out. We said this many times already. His cards don't finish. You try, you try this, did it work? Okay, try this. I didn't work, try this. And then you go back to something which you tried 20 years ago. You say, but I tried this 20 years ago. Yeah, but you've changed since then. Things have changed. Try it again. Maybe this time it'll work again. So you keep on pouring buckets and buckets of his teachings until possibly one drop penetrates, okay? In this also, this is just an extension. This is what he says. To add on this, just to develop it, Surabhi Nachman, he wanted us to learn his teachings, mainly the Likud Timuran. With that, that's the main healing, by the way. Sipur Masiot, stories, is to wake up people. But the actual bread and butter, the daily daily vitamins that Rabbi Nachman gives is in his lesson, Likud Timuran. His, his Likud Timuran is, is the main healing, okay? In his book, Likutei Moran, he advised us to have two study sessions. One general, the cute, cover to cover. And one, we take one lesson and you work at it, okay? So now, where does the healing come from? The healing mainly, believe it or not, is from the one that you work at. This was brought down by one of the deepest commentaries on the Likutei Moran. It's called the Bira Likutim. Which, by the way, if we're talking, I mean, it's one of Moshe Kramer's favorite books is the Bureau of the Kutin. It's a very deep book. It's so hard to understand, even the Pshat. You don't know where to put a comma, where to put a period. It's very deep. You have to be so immersed in the lesson of the Kutin to begin to understand the lesson. And to, and to, to get into it, you need Rav Nossin's prayers on the lesson that they should open the doors for you. It's not an easy book. You need the merits to be able to understand the book on the Kutimuran. You hear this? Very deep. We don't even touch it because it's so deep. Once in a while, we'll bring some in, uh, insights from it. It's very, very deep. Not, not even every lesson has this commentary on it. Lesson 24, for example, has no beer Likutim on it. Avram Ben Rav Nachman was the son of Rav Nachman Tulchin. Rav Nachman Tulchin, Rav Nachman Alevi, Chazan of Tulchin, was the main disciple of Rav Nosik. His son, Avram Ben Nachman, was a big mind in Breslev. He passed away in the middle of World War I, 1917, in Uman. Okay, he lived in Yerushalayim, and every year he would travel from Yerushalayim to go to Uman for Rosh Hashanah. And he would regret it, but he would do it again. He kept on doing it, and he would regret it, and would make a nether, I'm never going to do this again. And then he would break the nether and do it again. Okay? And then the last time he did it, 1915, approximately, 
World War I broke out, the borders were closed, he was stuck in the Ukraine, he passed away there two years later, three years later, whatever, okay? That's approximately the story. He wrote a very, very deep commentary. This man, I remember not remember talking about him, uh, I guess he had a big tzaddik, his wife. He would leave his home, Motzei Shabbos, go to the forest, a sack of bread and a sack of books and his talis and filling, and spend the whole week in the forest, and then come back on Friday afternoon. The, his wife, you can imagine what a wife he had. And asked her, how did you not go crazy with such a situation? She said he came home with such a smile on his face, and it was so shining that it consoled me for the whole difficulties I had in the week. His simcha that he came home was just, it just won me over, she said, okay? Eventually, he ended up divorcing her because he wanted to move to Eretz Yisrael. They were childless. They wanted to move. She didn't want. So the halacha is he gave her a get. She agreed to receive the get. And he remarried. He had kids here in Eretz Yisrael. All his kids died in an epidemic that was here during World War I. There was a new man. Afterwards, there was an epidemic in Yerushalayim. And he lost his whole family. His, his, I think his wife also and his kids. I'm not sure what the wife. The kids, we know their graves are in Har Zaytim. In any event, this is the man we're talking about, Okay. He was, he was a big shot in his spirituality. We can't match that. We shouldn't look to match that because you're asking for it. Try to imitate him and emulate him in this generation. That's not what's expected of us in any event. Going back, he says in the introduction to his book, that the main learning that's going to change you from Rabbi Nachman's teachings is the iyun. We take a lesson, and it's not iyun like the wording of the, of the yeshiva word, iyun. Rabbi Nachman's iyun is like we said, is that you dive in about the lesson. You do it what you do about the lesson. You say, no sense, pray about the lesson. You develop the insights. You read whatever's available. You learn, absorb. You yourself develop your chidushim. And you're eating and breathing and drinking and living 24 hours a day, 24-7, with the lesson. Okay, so that's, that's, it's, a, it's a high goal, but that's the goal here. And when it sinks in, it begins to change. So now the drop, where does the drop come from? The drop may have, that we're hoping for is when you take a lesson and you open it up. It doesn't lose its potency. You would think now, Rabbi Nachman gives a lesson. So throw the potency as it is on you and let it change you. But the Havdil, the lesson, the Kutimuram, is like the initial frog of Tzfardeh in Egypt, right? The initial frog was one big frog. They hit it like a piñata, and all these tiny frogs came out. And that's what caused the, the problems in Egypt. So the Havdil, the side of Kedusha, in the Kutimuram, you can have a lesson. And you can throw it, but it's like throwing the whole bucket at the person with the, with the medicine. It won't go in the drop. We'll get a hit on the head. It won't go in. What's needed is to open up the lessons. And it doesn't lose its potency. To give another analogy, this analogy, the Orchayim HaKadosh, Orchayim Ben Atar, there was two years that he came, he was living in Eretz Yisrael. In those two years, two and a half years, whatever, he did what's called the Zihara. A Zihara is a trip to graves of tzaddikim up north in Eretz Yisrael. And he, he wrote he recorded his uh, his trip. That's how, that's how we know the famous story that when he reached the Meron for the first time, the Rochaim fell on all four and he crawled up the, the hill to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and screamed like an animal. And they asked him, What are you doing? He, he said, he, he told the students, if you knew the Kedusha that was here, you would be doing the same thing like I'm doing right now. Okay. So in his trip, he brings down an amazing incident that he went into a cave. There's a cave in the area called Marot. Marot is in, around the areas of Alma. Alma is north of a place called Dalton, which is north of Tzvat. Okay, this is, so you get a picture of the map. In Alma, next to Alma, 
there's a very, very deep pit still today, okay? The tradition is that this deep pit goes deep, 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 deep. The tradition is it go, has a tunnel going all the way to Yerushalayim. And this, the tradition is buried in this pit, there's tons of kuchim, of little caves, and there's twice as much as the Jews who left Egypt. That's what they say. So over a few million are buried in there. So Rahama Kadoshi describes that it was very scary to go into this cave and also to go into the little caverns connected to it. He said something very scary. They connected him to a rope because they warned him what he's going to see. He went into one cave and all of a sudden it split. As soon as he went into it, appeared in front of him another three caves or a few caves. He went into one of the three, one of the four, and it split to another three or four. And it didn't stop. So he was getting lost. And he had a rope connected to him, so he shouldn't get lost. They warned him that this would happen. It's something which is like supernatural in the sense of time and space. It's not, it's not fitting in time and space, this type of caves. This is he describes it. He went into another one, and it split to another three. And he was about to lose it because of the panic of losing where he is until he signaled him to pull him back out, and he came back out. Why am I bringing this up? Likud Tehran is the exact same thing. The more you open it up, it doesn't end. You take one pasuk that Rabbi Nachman brings in Likud Tehran and you open it up, all of a sudden it leads to new rooms that weren't there beforehand. You go, you go, and it's not just one. There's a few new connections that were not there on the first level. When you go to the second level, it puts up to more, another three. You can keep on going and it's endless. Meaning, if you want to try to master one lesson in the you can't. It just doesn't end. It doesn't end. It keeps on opening up new chidushim, new ideas, a new thing. We do our best. And the potency, you don't lose it. You don't lose it. The, the, the strength of the Likutim run, at every stage you develop it, it's still there. And the goal, the goal is that one drop should penetrate. One drop should change me. So this is the value of taking a lesson going slow with it. Like Rav Nassim says in Chaim Oran, don't be so, what's it called? Uh, impatient and impulsive. No, I want to finish, I want to finish. Take your time with one lesson. Rav Nassim's wording is Paziz. Don't try to be so nervous and intolerant when learning Likut Oran. Go with it at your pace and let the healing take place. Give it a chance for it to heal because it's a healing. That's the goal. The goal is that this Torah should change me and I should become a better person and a better Jew. That's the whole idea. This we have to say. This is just a recap of what we're doing here. Spending so much time. We're on this lesson for over a year and a half. A year and a half we're on this lesson. Can you believe that? Besides the Likute Moran classes, there's also Likute Alachot classes, Likute Tfilot. There's over 250 classes already, ranging from five minutes to 90 minutes. Okay, I'm just on this lesson. And it's it's endless. There's so much on it, question. One insight that Rav Nossin brings on this lesson connected to Hanukkah. This is in his discourse, Likut Alachot, Birkat Hoda'a Alachavav in Likut Alachot. He explains the phrase of Chazal from the Gemara, Masachat Shabbat, if you remember, Hanukkah, the whole famous chapter in Masachat Shabbat about the story of Hanukkah and the laws of Hanukkah. So, what happened in the story of Hanukkah? That they found Me'at Shemen Chatum. They found the word of the Gemara is me'at. Nosin plays on the words of the Gemara. We know this, pach shemen. The Gemara also uses the word me'at shemen. There was a little bit of oil which was still sealed with the seal of the high priest. Meaning what? 
that it was untainted. It was still pure. The Mepharshim give many explanations. How could it be? So one explanation, one explanation, one explanation which is pretty, pretty interesting, is that this pure oil was hidden in a regular klecheres. Klecheres, if, if a Greek person touches it from outside, it doesn't make kabotuma. If it was like a, a, a glass or whatever, silver, metal, whatever, it would be kabotuma. Because it was klecheres, so as much as the Greek would touch it from the outside, it wasn't kabotuma. And because it was a, it was a klecheres pashut, the Greeks didn't even think of looking there because, ah, you won't find the oil for the menorah on such a low life, low class uh, uh, kad of, of shemen, like a container of cheres, of earthenware, to contain the holy oil for the menorah. They would put it there. So they overlooked it. It was done purposely by the, by the Kohanim to hide some shemen, okay? So, so Nosen says something unbelievable. He says, the Ma'at Shemen is your little bit of devotion, your little bit of good that you can do in your life, and you feel about it that it's just, it's a little, it's like insignificant. After what I've done in my life, after what I'm going through, again, as if my tefillin makes a difference to Shemayim, as if my mitzvah makes something move, I, 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 as if I have a value in what I do, as if Hashem really, look, look who I am. Even when I'm davening, I'm not there. When I do mitzvah, I'm not there. Everything is so ich, a person feels about himself. So it's not. Okay? However, the nest of Hanukkah of every Jew was that not lit another seven days. Okay? I said the miracle was an additional seven days. Your me'at is like for one day, maybe. Yeah. Okay? The little bit through the chotam of the Kohen Gadol, this one explains it. The Kohen Gadol is the idea of the tzaddik. It's called the Kohen Gadol. It's the Kohanim were called Tzadikim, because they're the ones who are most fit to be a Tzadik. The Kohen Gadol ideally should be a Tzadik. Shimon HaTzadik was considered, Shimon HaTzadik, he was a Kohen Gadol. And we call him Shimon HaTzadik, okay? So he's a representative of, and also Aaron Kohen, and the Nazar, etc. They're representatives of Tzadikim who are Kohenic, high priests, okay? Khatum means sealed. But also means protected. Meaning what? That even though I'm a little bit, I'm a tiny, I'm at, I'm ich, I even think about what I do as ich, as if I'm insignificant and of no value. But with the true tzaddik, the kongadol, he's able to seal and protect my little bit that I do and allow it to have mileage, to go super zooming. It will last another seven days. He says, Rav Nosen, the seven days of the miracle of Hanukkah is correspond to the seven attributes. There's seven midot. Seven midot, which are in the Kabbalah, the seven spherot. Mm-hmm. The number seven, there's seven midot that a person has to work on mainly. It's brought down in Sfarim, I think, Sefer, what's, what's, the, what's the number? It's the name of the book of the Sefer Haredim. Sorry, Sefer Haredim. He goes into this. Tomer Dvor also goes into this. There's seven main midot that a person has to work on. And they're represented in the Kabbalah, the seven lower spheres, Chesed, Gvura, Tiferet, Netzach, Od, Yesod, Malchut. These are attributes that a person has to work on in his life. That's how he activates the power of these uh, spheres, okay? Shining the, the light of one day of, into seven through the Kohen Gadol is the idea that your tiny mitzvah can now shine and go a long way. So he says, Rav Nosen, what is the idea of Hanukkah? And basically the idea for the rest of the year is that when you are on your own, 
Yes, you're ma'at, you're insignificant, you're a low life, you're nobody, your mitzvah has no value. So what to do? Attach yourself to the Kohen Gadol, attach yourself to the Tzadikim, because that's how it is now. There's, there's no other option. Nothing says in Chaim that before an outstanding Tzadik comes to the world, you can manage on your own. Okay, standard Torah, traditional, uh, the traditional passing down of Torah tradition, standard, that was, that's enough. But once, that was enough. But once Hashem brings down big tzaddikim, that's it now. You cannot manage about these tzaddikim anymore. That's it. There's no more. What's the free will? The free will, your choice now, is whether you choose to come close to the tzaddikim or the opposite, the false leaders and other ways to guide your life, which won't bring you to the Kedusha, okay? That's the option. That's what your free will is. But on your own, forget it. Forget it. And Rav Nussan says that if you see people that they're not close to tzaddikim and there's so much sliach in that Hashem, he said, don't be fooled. Underground, they're being, they're being fed with an underground tunnel receiving from these tzaddikim. And it thinks, they think it's them. It's like the, now I'll go off quickly to another analogy of the guy who was in the, in the forest and he had a walking stick and a wolf came to attack him. So he didn't know what to do. So he pretended to try to scare the wolf. He took his stick to pretend he was shooting at it. So he pretended, and a real boom went, and the wolf died. What, what actually happened, behind him was a, a real hunter who saw what was happening to this man who had no gun, and he saw the coming. So at the same time that the guy with the stick went like this, the, the real hunter with the real gun did the real shooting and killed the wolf. So the, but the guy with the stick didn't see this, so he thought, look, it's my stick. I have a magical stick. I'm such a tzaddik. I'm such a mefursam. I make miracles. So he says there are other people who have miracles and kohot and everything, but it's not from them. It's like a stick shooting. It's coming from someone else. Why is that happening? For free will. The people fooled. Yes, the fool people into being misled by false leaders. Misconception. Ah, he's doing miracles and everything, but it's coming from somebody else. <laughs> Another tzaddik. That's the idea that Rabbi Nachman brings, okay? I went off. I went too off, okay? But the idea is going back that without the tzaddikim, you won't make it. So that's the idea of the Me'at Shemin Chatum Bechotamo Shekohen Gadol. And on Chanukah, every Jew in the world is given this opportunity to reconnect to a tzaddik. That's the idea of the Chanukah candles. That's why everyone makes a big deal of the Chanukah candles. It's a happy, okay, like, like in a way like Pesach, by the secular Jews also. What, what's, by, what's big by them? The night of Pesach and Chanukah, right? Chanukah gives, they have the... Christmas tree with the big Magin David on top. You know that the famous thing in America by the Reformed Jews, they have a they have a Christmas tree both for Magin David. On top. <laughs> okay, they light the Hanukkah candles. They have a Christmas tree. What's going on? It's because Hanukkah is something big. Even by secular Jews, there's a Hanukkah party and everything. It's a get a family get together. Because Hanukkah, on a deeper sense, is a reconnection to the tzaddik. Every Jew lighting the Hanukkah candles by you doing the mitzvah Chazal in the way that Chazal requested it to be done on the night of every night, you know, with a with, with a kosher enough wick, which is many of them, kosher enough oil, which is tons of options. Even what's possible for Shabbat candles is kosher for Hanukkah candles. They do they do the mitzvah even minimal properly. It activates the light of the Kohen Gadol. Yeah. Is now you're today reactivating the light of the Kohen Gadol of the, the, the narrative of the Kohen Gadol today. Meaning that every Jew on Hanukkah is given this opportunity to reconnect his little me'at, his me'at shemen. Me'at means the brain, the motion, the intellect. Your me'at shemen, the little bit of mitzvah that you have such a 
defected brain, a moronic uh, brain that you have, and you're doing your mitzvah performance, and it's connected to the Kohen Gadol, okay? That's what Blessing says, the idea of the Chotam Gadol. And the evil, they want to break us. The Greeks, who are called the exchange chambers, like we explained in this lesson, they're always trying to switch us and confuse us and make us upside down. And Hashem did the opposite, right? We got out now. We got out of the trap. We got out of the trap of the Greeks. The Greeks are Yavan, Milashon, Yevmen Mitzula, to get you stuck in quicksand. What quicksand? I can get out, but I can't get out. What's, it's not like concrete, like you're in, you can't move. That's not a Yevmen Mitzula. Yevmen Mitzula is quicksand. That means there's one step, and there's one step no. One step yes, it's like tricky. Oh, I can move now. No, 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 I can't move. I can't. It's like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, which is hechalatmur, the, the confusions of the exchange chambers. That's Yavan. We have this ness. I can put my foot down and get out. Enough already. Enough of playing games with me and fooling me and always trying to convince me that I'm stuck and I'm always stuck and I'll always be stuck and convincing me. That's the worst part. It's a, Yavan is trying to convince us that we're stuck. Chanukah is this light. I don't have to be like this. I have the light of this tzaddik, this Kohen Gadol shining me. My me'at has a value. Stop breaking me, Yitzhara. Stop making me feel like I'm nothing and I'm low. And Stop. Enough. Enough. That's Hanukkah. That's why Hanukkah is a new beginning visit to All right. That was just an introduction. Now we're going back now. We're continuing in Sif Hey. Okay. Paragraph number five. Lesson 24. Paragraph number five. We're in... The middle, in a way, okay? The, just a summary, for those people who are new, I guess, a little. That Rabbi Nachman says that when you do the mitzvah b'simcha, when you manage to be happy, like this is what we just spoke about right now, when your me'at has the Kohen Gadol shining his light, which is represented by joy, the sign that you value your me'at, that whatever you're doing, you're doing b'simcha. For example, the guy wakes up late for davening, Okay. Uh, is a normal minyan for nets any morning or shachrit at seven, and instead he wakes up at ten in the morning. Okay, so he has to rush, rush, rush to daven. Technically, in order to be yotze for shachrit, he has until technically it's a bidiavad, a bidiavad. He has until chatzot yom, until halachic noon he can still daven shachrit. So he's rushing and rushing, and he lost all the minyanim. So he's davening alone. Such a person now is davening at eleven a.m. in the morning. How does he feel when he's davening shachrit? How does he feel normally? Like. <laughs> He feels garbage about himself. He's doing it because, oh, I have to do this. Yeah, let's just do it already. We do it. And like that. The thing is here, I have such a value in what I'm doing, even if I reach a situation where I'm davening alone, no minyan, and it's already 10.30 a.m. I miss minyanim, and yet just telling you, look at you, no minyan, your davening has no value, and it's not going up, and you lost Kaddish, and you lost Kedusha. He's making you feel garbage, okay? But now, with the tzaddikim, they shine that one second. What I'm doing now is it a mitzvah or is it an avera? If it's an avera, I won't do it. They say, No, it's a mitzvah. It says in halacha, if you woke up late, you stop to daven shachri. Just because I woke up late doesn't mean I'm exempt from shachri. No, if I'm still 10 in the morning, do I say, Well, it's 10 o'clock, so goodbye shachri? You know, no, you still have time. You still have another two hours, okay? So he rushes to daven. Fine. So it's a mitzvah? Yes. So shut up, mitzvah. <laughs> if it's a mitzvah, that means what I'm doing, Hashem wants me to do. Hashem wants me to put on the tefillin at 10 in the morning. Well, uh, yes. Okay, so if it's a mitzvah, leave me alone, Yetzirah. Let me do the simcha. 
Because if it's a mitzvah, Hashem wants me to do it b'simcha then, period. What's going to get my mitzvah propelled is simcha. So this idea, in this lesson, doing all the mitzvahs with joy, being happy. Why should I be happy? Why? Because what you do, what you do have has a value. What you're doing has a value, mister. If it has no value, then yes, you should be sad. It has a value. We don't say, you're so low, your, your Torah study has no value, your Shabbos candles has no value, your Yom Kippur, you're so garbage, nothing. No, we don't say that. We say, even though I've done what I've done, Hashem still wants me to do the mitzvah. Proof is I'm still here. Because Hashem didn't want me to do the mitzvah, He would have taken me away already. And I shouldn't do the mitzvah. But He allows me to do the mitzvah because Hashem values your mitzvah. Even though you're nobody, in your own eyes, whatever, Hashem values your mitzvah. This is simcha I'm doing a mitzvah. To value what you're doing, okay? How do you get that? You need the tzaddik. You need the kohen gadol. He protects your mitzvah. He gives you that power to be happy and value what you're doing. That's the sign of Yitkabu, the tzaddik. He's run down, I think, in Sefer Amidot or in Kutemoram. Then one of the signs that a person is attached to a tzaddik is that he has happiness, that he has simcha. That's the sign that he's connected to the tzaddik. Exactly. Coming out. That's the that's the the show the show the the effect the part of the cause of being connected to the tzaddik is that I have happiness. I appreciate. I I I, I have a value in what I'm doing. That's the sign that I'm connected to a tzaddik because he's shining his light into me to remember that in my darkness this has a value. Okay. So he says by doing the mitzvah b'simcha. What's called bracha and bracha are associated with the hands. He goes on to say that the main bracha is the bracha of intellect. We learned this many times. Brikata sechet. Bracha, the tikkun stands for brikot baruch, brikot rosh, umetor tol. That the blessings of the head, which is intellect, umetor, and the source for everything, bekor kol. That's the main bracha. Like the Gemara says in Perkeavot. Da'at kanita machasarta, da'at chasarta makanita. If you have da'at, wisdom, knowledge of Hashem, you have everything in life. And if you lack that da'at, what do you have? People have, the, like we said many times, the three, the three garages and the Lamborghini and the Rolls Royce and the penthouse and the vacation home in Florida and the vacation home in Maui and then the New York and this and that. And they're not happy. And they're not happy. But they're not happy because that, that is the true source of contentment. That's the main thing. So now, by doing the mitzvah b'simcha, you activate the hands, which is bracha, but it gives you guidelines. Be wise. If bracha is coming down, don't ask for the Lamborghini in the nice house and everything and fool yourself. Yeah, I'm going to do it for mitzvah and everything. Go all the way. Go all the way. Ask for chokhmah. So that's what he's saying. The main bracha is bracha, the bracha of intellect. And what we said last time, last class, that's why a person should be wise and ask if Hashem gives him the opening in life, direct his ratzon for Birkat HaSech. Okay, yes. we said, look, Bechen, in the middle of paragraph number five, Bechen, Mishu Baal Nefesh, therefore thus, someone who is called a master of the soul, we went into this a lot, someone who has always developed his desire, desire, ratzon, is connected to the nefesh, and nefesh and desire are expressed through speech, nefesh chaya, vayadam the nefesh chaya, the man was uh, created a living spirit, and uh, Targum translates to Ruach Memalela, speaking spirit. That was man, and speech and nefesh are are connected. Nafshi brings this verse in lesson thirty-one. The nefesh is expressed with speech. 
And what is the nefesh? Michsefa vegam kalta nafshi. My yearning, Rabbi Nachman interprets this verse, Michsefa vegam kalta, the yearning and the pining, nafshi, this is the nefesh, okay? So bal nefesh, we interpret on our level. Bal nefesh is the tzaddikim on one hand. Other hand, someone as me, as far as I am, but yet I keep on expressing my inner desire to become a tzaddik. I to become a good Jew and I haven't dropped from it even a cent, even a drop, even a millimeter. Even though I'm going through so many things and Yetzirah tries to convince me that it's over and it's finished, still I give a retort. I express my inner desire. That's Baal Nefesh. So someone who's a Baal Nefesh, if you're still hanging on, don't give up your good desires. Sarich mechaven has to mechaven. It's very meduyak. Rabbeinu's wording, lechaven, because it's coming up in the verse that we're going to open up today. Mikash Hashem konenu yadecha. Okay, it's coming up, konenu. person has to direct his desire. Sheyam shich b'katzecha, that he draws the blessing of the intellect. Rabbeinu, we said, brings two proofs. Two psukim, and always when he does that, there's a reason why he brings a second proof. Okay, look, let's see, let's see what comes out of the second pasuk. The first pasuk we saw, it's coming up in next week's parasha, parasha Vayechi. When he gave the bracha to Rafaim and Menashe, the Torah says he switched his hands, and the wording used is Sechel. What's going on? Sechel, Sikel et Yadav. Rabbeinu is bringing this pasuk to show you on the Pshat level that Sechel is in the, in the hands. We said that concept of the hands, the hands, Sikel et Yadav, that the, the, the main bracha is intellect, and bracha is associated with the hands, like we saw. In the previous paragraph, and Aharon raised his hands and he gave the bracha. When you give a bracha to somebody, when a father gives a bracha to the son, or smicha inaugurating a rabbi to become a, a, a beidin or sanhedrin, it's with smicha. Or brikat koanim, the, 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 I think it's Rabbeinu Bache, he says, the idea of brikat koanim is the Kohen can't put his hands on every single Jew individually. So they stick their hands out of Bikat Kohanim, and it's as if they're covering all the Jewish people who are there at the time to receive the bracha. But ideally, the idea of Bikat Kohanim is instead of putting their hands on each head individually, <laughs> instead of putting their hands on each head individually, they do Bikat Kohanim Bichaliyut. So the idea of bracha is always associated with the hands. The transferring of blessing is in the hands. So by Yaakov, we know, the main bracha is Sechel. So it says, when Yaakov came to bless Ephraim and Menashe, Okay, we went into last week. What's the idea of switching in the last class two weeks ago? We went into this that the sechel, the way to perceive true intellect has to be in a tricky manner because we're under so much attacks from the exchange chambers. The Yitzhara is called the exchange chambers, always trying to play tricks. So, too, the sechel of Kedusha comes in a switched format. Nothing is as clear cut. Judaism and growth is not like, okay. He was brought up in a different family, and he goes to Cheder, Talmud Torah, and then Yeshiva Ptana, and Yeshiva Gdola, and he becomes a Godola Dora, and it's like, it's like manufacturing of a Jew. But to, to manufacture it, I think it's very simple. You put him in Talmud Torah, and he goes to Yeshiva. It's like as if it's, it's like automatic. It's, it's not automatic. We know in life, life is crazy. That's it. Even the best families have kids who didn't OCD, not OCD, OTD, right? There's also OCD, and there's OTD. <laughs> After their kids, the biggest families, the biggest shivas, they're having problems. Okay, that's it, finish. It's no longer standard. Everybody's upside down. Why? Because the exchange chambers is attacking. 
So if that's the case, the holy intellect also has to be switched. Got that? Yaakov didn't normally, it should have been like this. Yadati b'ni yadati. Who explains it? I think it's Rabbeinu Bachay also. Yadati, I know your dad. B'ni yadati. He says, Yaakov Avinu. Like when Yosef said, my father, put your right hand on Menashe, because he's the firstborn. Why are you putting your right hand on Ephraim? Who's second? What did Yaakov say? Yadati b'ni yadati. I know, Rabbeinu Bachay says, I know your way of thinking, Yosef Atzadik, who is considered the standard Tzadik of going from level to level. That's why it's called Yosef Atzadik. And Menashe was the most following the footsteps of Yosef. That's why he was the Bechor. Menashe, like we said last week, last class, from the Noam Elimelech, going up from level to level, standard Judaism, standard Tzadik. I know my son. I know, I know the way you're thinking, but I know something higher. That in this world, with the challenges of the Hechal Atmot, the main tzaddik has to be the Ephraim Nikim. The Ephraim tzaddikim, we said, remember? Those tzaddikim who are the ones serving Kugel to other people and taking away from their time to give classes and to, and to go out. Ephraim, they make poo. They're rots. They're more interested in their taking away from their personal spiritual development to leave the box of Me'asharim to go out to help other people and to teach other people and to go out and to lower themselves to connect. That is the main thing now. In this galut that we're in, because the bracha Yaakov was given to Ephraim and was the bracha for endurance in this world until Mashiach comes. So it has to be switched. The priority now, because of the attacks of the Hechalat Mu'ad, has to be the Ephraim type of tzaddikim. Menashe, yes, he's a tzaddik, but those that's secondary. Ideally, it should be priority. Ideally, it should be number one. Menashe, like Yosef, going from level to level. Like we said, Talmud Torah, Yeshiva Tana, Yeshiva Dola, Rosh Hashiva. It should have been standard. But because world life is so upside down, we need tzaddikim who are Ephraim Nikim who know how to go between the cracks and everything and to get people out. Okay, that's how it is. So that was the right hand. And that's the sechel. Okay? But Rabbeinu, on the pshat, Rabbeinu is showing you that sechel is connected to the hands. And now, finally, the second pasuk. And again, it's a rule. There's 18 rules to learn in the Kutim, that this Biro the Kutim, I remember Nachman, we mentioned in the beginning, he developed 18 rules how to learn the Kutimon in depth. One of them is when Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, brings more than one verse as a proof, there's a reason why he's doing that. It's not like, okay, there's nothing else to do, Rabbi Nachman, so as long as you're not a Pasuk. It doesn't work like that. No, no, no. He has a specific intent why he brought the second Pasuk. And it's up to you to try to see what is Mechadesh, what is the new insight in the second verse more than the first one. So we just said the first verse is from Yaakov on the blessings. Okay, Sechel's intellect. Second pasuk, Okay, look at this pasuk. What in the world is going on here? This is the pasuk from Shiratayam. We say every morning in Azashi Moshe that towards the end, Teviem of Tita Emo, Behar Nachalatcha, Machon Shiftecha, Paata Hashem, Mikdash Hashem, Konenu Yadecha. Okay, the whole verse. Moshe says, and the Jewish people say, mo, bring them. The Gemara, and uh, first of all, if it's Moshe Rabbeinu who's saying it, so he had some Ruach HaKodesh, he's not going to enter Eretz Yisrael. Bring them. And if it's the Jewish people saying it, the Gemara also says, we're not. We're going to die in the desert. They, they had a pre-Ruach HaKodesh, the Jewish people, at the beginning, when they left Egypt and the study of the Red Sea, they didn't know yet that they're going to be buried in the desert, and only their children are going to go out. So they said to be emo, bring them, and let them taste. 
bring them and let them taste, right? The mountain of your inheritance, which is your shalim, right? Right? Sorry, I, I skipped in the verse, right? Machon means what? Pshat. Machon means basis, uh, the, the foundation of your sitting, on this word, the famous Gemara, facing, from here we learn that the Beit HaMikdash Lemata is there's two temples. There's the temple that's on this earth, and then there's the temple, the holy temple that's in heaven, right above the temple that's here. That's why the Midrash says the whole area above the temple mount here in Yerushalayim is totally holy. Totally holy. You're not allowed to fly over with a plane over that, that piece of land. You're not allowed. It's more than that. Not just the holy temple, but Hashem's throne in the Beit HaMikdash. What's, what's, in, the, what's in the temple above? Hashem's Kisekab, the holy throne. It's above that airspace. The whole airspace from the temple goes all the way up. You don't have to just pass over to a plane. Oy va boy, if an airplane or helicopter passes over the temple mount. Oy va boy. I don't know if it's been done yet. I hope it hasn't. But you're not allowed to do that, to pass with uh, something over. And it says, right, the, the famous Gemara, that when you dove in, what should you have in mind? Enav lemata, velibo lemala. Okay? When you dive in the Shemona, so your eyes are facing down. In other words, like towards the temple that's on the earth, but your heart is towards heaven, towards the temple that's, you're facing your Shalim, the Davening Shemona is wherever in the world. So the heart is facing upwards towards the Beit HaMidah Shalemala, and the eyes are towards the Mata. So it's Mechuvan, okay? Machon Neshivtechaz, Mechuvan. It's facing directly, like the word he said, it's directing and facing your shiftecha, Hashem, where you sit, which is this throne. Hashem sits on the heavenly throne. That's why it says the shiftecha. Okay? And then it says, Mikdash Hashem, konon yadecha. So they learn out that it's two things, because it says, it says first, Machon shiftecha, and then it says, Mikdash Hashem, konon yadecha. So it's from the learn. Machon shiftecha, Mikoban shiftecha, facing where you sit, is what? Is Mikdash Hashem, konon yadecha, that your hands made. Okay, so Mikdash Hashem, the temple Hashem that your hands made. The question is, like Rashi brings down, who made the temple? David HaMelech, Shlomo HaMelech. And Hashem says, the verse says here, the Mikdash Hashem, Hashem that your hands made. So one interpretation is this verse is going on the third temple, which will be built by the hands of Hashem. But the second interpretation is, the hands of the tzaddikim are the hands of Hashem. And the Gemara goes on to that, because the Gemara says, Dole ma'ase tzaddikim, yotemi ma'ase shana kadosh baruch Why? Ma'ase shayim, yotemi ma'ase yimkem. Shemayim ba'aretz, how does the Gemara go after? Remember, it's, it's brachot, lamegimah. Greater are the ma'ase, it's not, it's not, it's not brachot, it's not brachot lamegimah. Greater are the workings of the tzaddikim, more than the workings of Hashem, because by the workings of, of man, the tzaddikim, it's as plural, yadecha, konenu yadecha, your hands, which the hands of the tzaddikim, and by Hashem it says, af yadi, yasada, 
‫אסדה הארץ, ‫ובמינו טיפחה שמיים. ‫השם says, ‫my hand, singular, made the earth, ‫and my right hand, that's the left hand, ‫my right hand, אף ימיני טיפחה, ‫my right hand, spread out, טיפח. ‫אבל it shaped the heaven, שמיים. So it's one hand for heaven, one hand for earth. By Mikdash, it says two hands. And the Gemara, the Gemara Bavli says on that, greater are the Masih Adem Shel Tzadikim. It's a Gemara, it's not just a, a duke from Rashi, okay? But the Gemara says, Hashem's, the, the working of the Tzadikim, and they learn it out from this Pasuk. Mikdash Hashem Konenu Yadecha. And who built the Mikdash? Tzadikim, like David HaMelech, Shlom HaMelech. And that's where Rashi brings up his question. But wait a second. The Pasuk says, Yadecha. <laughs> you're saying, and you, you, the, proof, the pasuk you bring as a proof is Yadecha, what's going on? So from here they learn out that the Hasidic teachings are unbelievable, that yes, the Masei Tzadikim are so great, Hashem calls them Masei Adav, and even greater than Hashem's Masim, greater than what Hashem did on His own, which is Shammayim and Arts, which is the beginning of creation, greater than that is the Masim of the Tzadikim. Okay? Also in line with that is what it says in the Gemara, that the passing of tzaddikim is as is dam is damaging twice as much as the destruction of the Beit Hamidash. We mourn the temple. Mourning over tzaddikim is twice as severe. Twice, you hear that? Kiflaim. Kiflaim over Beit Hamidash is the passing of tzaddikim. More severe, okay? Because they're double. The tzaddikim are double, okay? Beit Hamidash destroyed by Hashem. The mourning of the, the death of the tzaddikim who are the ones who make Hamidash. The Farshim, I think it's the Maharsha, they all say like this. What is a Mikdash? Not just the physical Beit HaMikdash, the temple, but any time there's a Beit Midrash, it's called what? Mikdash Me'at. Okay? The, the, the Torah centers throughout history, throughout the world, that Tzadikim made, the Rashi Yeshivot, and the Chachamim and the Tzadikim, those are called Mikdash. Hashem Konim Yadecha. Hashem appreciates more the Torah of the Tzadikim. Hear this? Unbelievable. the Torah of the Mas Tzadikim, more than the creation of heaven and earth. Mikdash Hashem Kon Yodecha is not just on the Beit HaMikdash, because it's going on the Mas Edem Shel Tzadikim, and we know that Mikdash also applies to Mikdash Me'at, right? That's the idea why we daven ideally in a Beit Knesset or Beit Midrash. We learn ideally, it's not suggested to daven at home, even though, yes, you can learn at home technically daven. Ideally, you should go to a Beit Knesset, Beit Midrash, okay? That's the idea of Mikdash, okay? What is this a proof? We have to, I'm not going to continue to finish this whole thing today. What's the proof here? Mikdash Hashem, konenu yadecha. So Rabbi Nachman is working on the word yadecha, hands. Where's that? Where's Sechem? So for this, we need the Gemara, the famous Gemara in Brachot, Naflam and Gimel, that it says like this, that in the Torah, you find the word for that between two names of Hashem. Ki el Deot Hashem, it's a verse in Proverbs. The law, I think it's in Proverbs. Ki el deot Hashem, the law nitkelu alilot. Ki el deot Hashem, the Lord Hashem, deot Hashem is a God with, with the words perception. He wants us to perceive Him. Ki el deot Hashem, Hashem is an, is an, an existence, but the only way you connect to Him is by Torah study. You need that. You can't just say stupid and be connected to Hashem. You have a mitzvah. Uh, a guide, a guideline to pursue him to that. Hashem. You, Hashem wants you to know of him. He created the world, like the Zohar says, begin the yishtemodeinne. 
We created the world so that he should be made known in this world. How do you know about Hashem? You have to learn Torah. You do Torah observance, you do mitzvot, and you have emunah. Emunah, we didn't forget about. <laughs> emunah is coming up. Right now, focusing on the dot part. You're going to see that after all the dot, when you're going to see in paragraph number six, the main thing is the emunah. We're not just the initiation of what dot is to get to emunah bezat Hashem. But here it's saying again, el deot Hashem. The bottom line is, the Gemara says, the name, the word for dot is between two names of Hashem. Kel, Kel is one name of Hashem, and Yud Kevavke. And then it says, Mikdash Hashem Konenu Yadecha. So it says, Mikdash, Machon Neshiftecha, Pa'alta Hashem, Pa'alta Hashem, Machon Neshiftecha, Pa'alta Hashem, that you made Hashem, Mikdash Hashem Konenu Yadecha. So you have Pa'alta Hashem, Yud Kevavke, Mikdash, Mikdash Hashem. So it has two names of Hashem, even though it's not the same names as that, El and Yud Kevavke, here it's Yud Kevavke and Yud Kevavke. Still, the Gemara learns out a parallel. Now what? Anybody who has that, famous teaching, anyone who has what's called that, it's as if he built the Holy Temple. There's so much on this verse, it's crazy. I spent about a month researching all the sources throughout the whole Gemara, all the Bavli, Yerushalmi, all the Psikta, all the Midrashim, the Zohars. This, there's like about 50 places at least in the entire Pardes. In other words, the Shas, Zohar, Midrash, Sukim, that, on, that open up this verse. It's crazy. And that's just the Valdiv Mepharshim. No Mepharshim. Yeah, just the, what's in the Torah itself, in the Midrashim, in the Chazal, or in the Torah. It's 50 places, okay? So they say like this. Mikdash Hashem What is the idea that someone has that? It's as if the Beit HaMikdash was built. That is someone, something that connects the physical to the spiritual. What was the Beit HaMikdash also? Beit HaMikdash, when people came there to learn the Kobanot, it was a place where a person who's looking for spirituality can find it there. That's the idea of giving a Koban. Even if you didn't sin, even though there's no sin offering, you want to give a Koban Shlamim, Koban Edava, and your intent is to come closer to Hashem, the Beit HaMikdash was a place where you could connect to Hashem. That, the purpose of that is to connect to Hashem. And the commentaries, they say that's a warning. If you began to learn Torah just for the sake of Pulim, because you enjoy the Torah, and your intent is not to connect, you missed the point. The point of the Torah, the Sam Chaim of the Torah, is that my goal is to connect to Hashem, to get connection. And we said many times, people, they get so carried away in the learning, they forget about Hashem. <laughs> they're so into the learning, they forget about Hashem. That's the whole goal of the Torah, is to, to get to Hashem. I think it's in the impressiveness, being moved and impressed by the, the Sechem that's in, the Pilpulum of the Gemara and everything, and to get lost in that, you, you missed the point. It's there is to get to visit Hashem, the goal, which is visit Hashem to connect to Hashem. So the Marsha explains that that is like the Beit HaMikdash. The goal of that is to mechaber, goof, and neshama, this for the body and the soul. That's what the Beit Hamikdash did. First, it brought a physical sacrifice, and by offering the animal, which is the beima, which is bahmiyut, which is physicality, corporality, offering it in the temple, and it's instead of you. It's as if you're offering your blood, your chaleb, you're you're being burnt on the, on the on the altar. You are now connecting to Hashem. That's the idea of the Beit Hamikdash. That is supposed to do the exact same thing. That's the idea. So once to say the marsha. And the commentary is that Kel is one type of name and Yud Kibavke. It doesn't fit in according to the Kabbalah. Kel, he says, is Gvura. Like Kel is Chazak. We know that according to the Kabbalah, Kel is Chesed. 
But the Marsha wants to say that Kel means Gvura and Yud Kibavke is Ches Rachamin, and that is what joins the two. In other words, that of the Torah gives balance. I mean, this is very powerful what he says, the Marsha. He says the whole idea of the Dat of the Torah is to make you a balanced person, because this world in itself won't make you balanced. Person who's after money and physicality in this world, forget it, no balance, nothing. There's no balance in this world. Just to be totally spiritual is also not a balance. Someone now is a hermit and he goes off to the mountain somewhere next to Tzfat and he becomes like in a little cave living there and he's just davening and meditating and connecting to God and everything. That's also not a balance. Balance is your one hand physical. You have to change your baby's diapers. You have to go shopping. You have to go on the bus. You have to pay the 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 bank account and the 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 water bills and the electricity bills and you have to buy food and you have to go shopping and you have to be nasal muscle that's the physical and you have also the big midrash where you have the time of Gan Eden and you're in a gemara or you're in a sefer Musa, or if you're a breast lover also you also in the forest to do it what you do and you taste what it is after midnight to be chatzot by tzaddikim or by the forest and opening your heart to Hashem you need that balance it's two things. That is in between, it joins them together. It gives you the balance. It helps you. The Torah is a healing. It's a refuah. The goal of the Torah is to make you healed. It's not you coming to the Torah perfect and just learning everything's fine. I'm not well. I'm learning Torah to learn how to become a healed mensch, a healed person, a balanced person. That's the idea of that being in between two names of Hashem. Okay? That's the same thing. This idea again of the second, the balance that Yaakov felt, the proper balance is this, the two hands. Yaakov has just given one bracha, one hand on Ephraim. No, he still put his left hand on Menashe, because you need both. You do need both. You need the times when you have your time to develop yourself, that's Menashe. You have times, though you're Ephraim. It's also a balance. Just Yaakov saw the balance is not like this. The balance has to be like this. The right hand, the Chashibut, is on Ephraim, yes, but I still the left hand on Menashe, okay? So we have two hands, by the way. The hands of Yaakov is two. And here also, Hashem, yadecha. The two hands, it's as if the two hands correspond to the two Yudkivav case. Hashem has two hands. So there's the right hand Hashem, which is the Ba'alta Hashem before Mikdash. And then Hashem Konenu Yadecha is the, is the left hand. So Ba'alta Hashem, Midash Hashem, this is the direction of the two hands, okay? We're going to have to continue next week because there's, there's too much more on this one pasuk and we still don't see what Rabbeinu is trying to tell us of this pasuk. But the bottom line is, on the practical level, yes. the hands are conduits for sechel and you should be smart to choose sechel. But to come to the hands in bracha, you need simcha. You need the simcha of the mitzvot and the love of the So we'll continue with the Hashem next, uh, next class. Thank you for joining. Wow, it's nice.